comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. scary Halloween special episode of Blind Buy. <laughs> Am I going to talk like this the whole episode? You bet your spooky ass I'm not, so enjoy it while you can. Bloody Brody will be joining me shortly. Now season one of Blind Buy is over, and season two has yet to begin. The contest has perished, and a victim has already been chosen. Don't worry, though. This particular frightful feast of the eyes will be bestowed upon that same unfortunate lost soul. A bonus, if you will. Even though the contest has ended its short life, feel free to follow us on Facebook slash Podcast or Twitter at BlindBuy. <laughs> start, I'd like to make an announcement that some of you may be aware of. This episode was recorded October 1st, featuring a very pregnant Shanny Dreadful. Since we recorded that episode, the last episode aired, the contest ended, that episode aired, and most importantly, Mr. Universe and Shanny Dreadful had their son on the morning of Tuesday, October 20th. Congratulations to them from Bloody Brody and Uncle Clairvoyant! Without further ado, let's meet our panel for today. Every time you hear a bump in the night, that's the Scarevoyant stumbling around and banging his knee on a coffee table trying to navigate to the bathroom without turning on the lights. As you walk through the graveyard, you hear the whisper of the wind calling your name. That's the voice of bloody Brody. That still works, actually. You wake up in the middle of the night, unable to move, gripped with terror. Standing over your bed is a shanny dreadful who just wants a drink of water but didn't want to wake you up. Perhaps scariest of them all, you almost fall asleep watching a movie that was intended to be scary. That's the work of the terrifying Virus X. <laughs> The season of Blind Buy ended. It's over. It finished. I was safe. I was happy. 
Then the part of me that hates myself filled my car full of gas, drove to a $3 or less novelty store, and paid my own money for another movie. This is your brain on blind buy. I'm joined here by my ever-faithful companion, Bloody Brody. And since today is our spooky Halloween bonus episode, and it's October, I'm joined here by horror podcaster Shani Dreadful. Hey. <laughs> so, you don't have your own podcast right now, do you? No, I am just appearing kind of everywhere. Jobbing like, out. She hears that there's a horror episode of a podcast and she's there. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, like I've guested like maybe five or six times now on Resurrection of Zombie 7. I just did one for Land of the Creeps. Did one recently for Dead as Hell. And next this weekend I record again for Resurrection of Zombie 7. And then the week after I'm supposed to record for a horror movie podcast if I'm not in labor. Yeah, you're very pregnant right now. Uh, yeah. As I think we may have mentioned in the past here. Uh, and I know on a podcast that you're recently on, whether it's out or not, I'm not sure. It oh, will no. be by the time this episode's out. Uh, I know that a certain someone described you as... I can't remember what he said, but it made me laugh. You you know better than I do. about how Buttering pregnant. babies? Was it about buttering babies? It was about buttering babies. Oh, no. <laughs> That's from Land of the Creeps. Yeah, that was Greg Amortis. But he, he said that ready to pop out of the oven and butter it up or something like that yeah so, so, so yeah so basically already making its rounds to other shows it's gonna be the world famous rumor yeah it's going to be no one will know where it started land of the creeps <laughs> so uh now let's get down to our our terrifying movie no you hate me <laughs> So the movie we are reviewing today is 2010's Virus X, which is just under 85 minutes. And did you know that at the time of recording this, October 1st, uh, which is not when it'll release, it'll release much later, but the movie came out five years ago today. That's depressing. It's That's Virus depressing. X's yeah. fifth birthday. No, we don't celebrate that. Uh, woo! This movie doesn't even have a fucking Wikipedia page. <laughs> that is how unknown this movie is. awful. I'm going to put in like a little uh, sound effect, like a... <laughs> like ce- celebrating. Well, oh hey, my god. Every, every cuss word that we say can be a... <laughs> See, I was totally wondering what you're going to use for like the swear words for this podcast. I haven't decided for this episode. <laughs> So, it starts with Empire Films, Inc. presents, in association with David Sterling Productions, a film by R. Stevens Harris. R. That's R. Stevens Harris. That's like, like a serial... Like that's, a, that's a serial killer name right there. That is, yeah. So, we start with a really sweaty guy, mostly <laughs> naked, in a cell of some sort, dying on the ground. He's got really nice teeth, though. <laughs> So you find some. Cares about his teeth. Well, he's like he's dying. He's all sweaty and gross. And then you see these night bright, nice bright shining teeth. No, he just just came from a Colgate commercial. (laughs) Yeah, he finds some on the ground. I don't know. It looks like eggshells to me. I don't know, but he puts it in his mouth. Of course, because that's the logical thing to do. (laughs) Then he vomits, which is the logical thing to do. We hear some booming, and I'm not sure if it's someone knocking on the door or supposed to be part of the spooky background music. Uh, and then it briefly cuts to security cam footage of him writhing and then back to back to the cell. Okay, we need to get one thing straight, though. This definitely was 100% not a horror movie. No. Drama first, horror second. I can't think of anything that was trying horrifying? to be scary. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, after watching it, I was like, there's no jump scares, and there's no nothing, there's no tension. Like, what was trying to be scary about this movie? Well, but they marketed it as a horror. <laughs> so, this dude makes his way to the door and starts begging to be let out. We get some more security cam footage. We see a dude filling his drink and watching it. And then the guy on camera starts having a seizure. And we cut to some sultry shots of a woman taking a bath and eating strawberries by candlelight. Okay, so I was almost excited about this. I was like, oh, yeah. Then I saw her wrinkly-ass hands and her (laughs) wrinkly-ass feet. And I was like, hell no. I do not want to see a gilf on this show. No way. No. If those are the boobs that we got, like, introduced to, I was just going to turn off the movie and be like, nah, not today, guys. Yeah. Gratuitous nudity is a staple of the genre. Luckily, as this scene featured a over-the-hill woman... There was none shown. <laughs> thankfully. Very much thankfully. Yeah, and she's uh, listening to classical music and watching footage of this dude rise on the floor. And he dies, or appears to die, but probably doesn't, because horror movie. And uh, the man on tape, or the man watching the tape, rather, speaks into the recorder. H1N1 trial 0697, approximate time of death. Oh, 200 hours. And then we turned off the movie. From initial exposure until full onset of symptoms. Confirmed 22 days, 6 plus hours. Swine flu. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is about the horrors of swine flu. Okay, with like... Um, I'll wait till the end before I spoil anything. Am I allowed to spoil things? Does it matter? I don't care. We usually you don't do. really care? Okay. I thought this movie was going to be a zombie movie. I did too. So yep. when I saw the guy just like die, I was like... What's happening? He's going to come back to life. He's going to come back to life. And then nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. And I was like, this isn't a zombie movie. And I was so mad. And I was like, what is happening? I waited so long for the zombies to come. Same. I was expecting like Day of the Dead style where they're like in a, like a cell. But no. Nothing. Oh, it was literally just watching an hour and a half. It's just an hour and a half of watching drama. people die. <laughs> it was like watching like a soap opera drama type movie. It was so dumb. <laughs> so the swine flu pandemic ended in August 2010. This movie came out, as previously stated, October 2010. This movie was deemed irrelevant two months before it came out. <laughs> I, I get... It's pretty impressive, though, how fast they like pumped out a movie about the swine flu. Though. I know, I know, right? But it's like, a movie inspired by current events is smart, I get it. V for Vendetta, The Crucible, even f***ing Yertle the Turtle were all works of art inspired <laughs> by current events. It's a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> so even Angry Birds is inspired by the swine flu, but this isn't so much inspired. It's not a, it's not an allegory of world events. It's just straight up capitalizing on the hysteria surrounding the fear of a short-lived virus scare that was not even a scary topic to begin with. I think they might have been trying to like make a conspiracy out of the movie, but the conspiracy that I remember of during the swine flu swine flu era. Was more the conspiracy was more about the shots that they gave you. So remember, there's a bunch of conspiracies where it's like, what if this is the government trying to? And they don't even touch on that really. <laughs> then out, no, they didn't. It was all about just the flu. The difference between this and uh, a good work of art that's inspired by events. Animal Farm is a literary classic that still has relevance today, and even if it somehow ever stops being relevant politically, it's an interesting story about corruption in farm animals. This was irrelevant 
and obsolete two months before it came out. <laughs> and I sincerely doubt that bef- when the movie came out in 2010, this wasn't even a scary topic slash movie to anyone, let alone five years later. Like, it's it's the 2012 of horror movies. <laughs> yeah, basically. Three minutes in and I hate it. <laughs> yep. Okay, but I just want to say, like, that old, like, that old lady that was, like, naked in the bathtub. Like, she looks like an ugly Jessica Lange. Like, if Jessica Lange came out wrong, that is 100% what she would look like. It's her twin that they kept in the attic. <laughs> That's just rude. And they broke her out for this movie. Well, I was they, thinking... They like, couldn't the get structure. Jessica. <laughs> yeah. They, they, uh, That's definitely not the next best thing. 100% not. <laughs> Those strawberries look pretty good, but they look pretty good, but I feel like they'd probably taste a little bit better if they were chopped. What? Flat chop joke. <laughs> Season's done. We're ending it. That was painful. That I've, sentence was so painful it was to forced. listen to. I needed to find the one. So after the report, the woman in the bath, whose name is Mrs. Herring, I believe, uh, with her wine, comments that it's still too slow in her best, like, D. Reynolds arch voice. Like, it's too slow, yes. So we know Did that she's evil. just call her Ugly Jessica Lang. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> the scientist guy tells her that she has to be reasonable. It's the most efficient strain yet. And she says that 23 days is a lifetime and she needs instant panic. <laughs> Did anybody notice that she has, like, permanent sour face? Yeah. Like, her lips are always puckered, like she's... It's because she's evil. Yeah. I thought it was her trying to look, like, cute or something. <laughs> she's always doing the pouty face. Doing the yeah. duck lips. Yeah. Basically. So, some hazmat dudes dispose of the body, and the doctor, who, he kind of seems like he's second-guessing this whole thing, he tells ugly Jessica Lang that they need more test subjects, an expanded lab, a team, and she says, you know, done, make me a plague, doctor. Why? Why do you want that? <laughs> So the doctor, who looks kind of defeated, looks in the corner at someone whose face is in the shadows and has long white hair. <laughs> Blonde Loki. I have so many things to say about this character, and I will say them. <laughs> I called him Menma. <laughs> I call him Menma. He's yeah, Sephiroth. Sephiroth? <laughs> oh, I have a, a Charlie Day from Lethal Weapon 5. We're always sunny. Try to uh, make the next Lethal Weapon movie, and Charlie Day is the villain, and he wears this blonde wig that looks almost exactly like that. <laughs> so then we get an opening sequence. I hope you wrote down the names or something, because I simply do not care uh, who, <laughs> these, who these actors are. No, I don't. Not even a little bit. There's a lot of them, and it's over stock footage of cell division and X-rays and machinery and stuff, and some rock music. And, that, and like sperm. I'm pretty sure there's sperm yeah, there in there. Yeah, there was definitely like sperm attacking an egg cell, yeah. I saw a picture of a rabbit. Was there? I think so. It's just, it was just random stuff. stock footage and they started running out of medical stuff and started throwing in like machinery and random other stuff. So then we get, you know, Virus X, the title, and the X has a biohazard symbol in it. Aw. Then more footage. I thought it was done, but it's not done. <laughs> <laughs> One week later. Some young gentleman in a suit. Uh, he looks like Killian Murphy. He's going down in an old elevator. Or up. I can't really tell. <laughs> but he appears... He's at some base that looks like a mix between an oil refinery and, like, Shadow Moses Island from Metal Gear Solid. And he sits in the medical office and waits as if it's a job interview. And then the doctor from before comes in and starts reading his resume. Oh, it is a job interview. 
And he also looks like he's wearing a toupee. Yeah. <laughs> I at first I thought he looked like uh Austin from Austin and Ellie. <laughs> he looks I think we can all agree that he looks like he does not belong there. <laughs> yeah. No. Like he's wearing a suit when everyone else is in like scrubs and he's just like this young English dude. With a toupee. <laughs> and they're all like just American. Was he English? I thought he was Australian. I don't know. I tried looking up the actor and I couldn't th- see it. I thought it sounded like an Eddie Redmayne accent, so I said English. But he mentioned South Africa a lot, and I have no idea. <laughs> I think his name was was it Malcolm Burns or Malcolm Burr? The actor is Burr? Like, yeah, okay. and the actor is named J Day or Jai Day J A I D A Y. That's the only one I remembered. <laughs> that was like the shittiest name. Unfortunate. I know, I know right? My name is J Day. Like, if your name's actually Jason, it might just be smarter to be, like, Jason Day, because J-Day sounds terrible. But it makes the badass initials. No, it does not. J-D. Well, yeah, that's fine. You can still say Jason (laughs) Day. It can still be J-D with Jason Day. Like, the first letter of the word does not change, Brody. But with the name Jason Day, why would you want to go by your initials? Oh, dear. Jason Day's not so bad, but, like, J-Day? J-Day sounds dumb. Two syllable names. So he starts giving some more credentials, and the doctor asks if he knows what they do. He says, of course, you're working on a vaccine. You're the good guys. And the doctor says, no, we do what we're paid to do. And basically says, like, you can get a job anywhere. You shouldn't waste your time on this ugly, ignoble place. Oh, but he insists. And we get outside. You know what's, like, the most painful thing about this scene, though? The camera, like, I could not stop focusing on how shaky this camera was. And I was like, this is worse than any found footage movie I have ever seen. And because a, this camera is so damn shaky. A dark filter over the entire movie. <laughs> so there's some woman standing by a wall doing some... Oh, she's a prostitute. <laughs> a car pulls up, and oh, the white-haired person is inside. And she has some, like, awful prostitute pickup lines. Awful. I don't know... I mean, I I have no real standard, I guess, for what a good prostitute pickup line is, but I know a bad one when I hear it. She's <laughs> talking about, like, oh, the big bad wolf came out to play and stuff. Like, my daddy doesn't like me talking to strangers, and I have a lot of daddies. <laughs> I miss that one. Yeah, I miss that. I think I was just, like, so distracted. I was like, who is this blonde Loki guy? What is happening? <laughs> and then he doesn't respond, but she keeps trying, so... You know, good for her. Hello, thirsty. <laughs> he finally turns slowly and lunges at her. How spooky. No. <laughs> I'm going to give this mystery character one more uh, appearance. Uh, I called him also Professor Snape. White hair. Yeah. He old, has a Professor Snape. Old face. Snape. Old Snape. Yeah. So she wakes up strapped to a gurney, being wheeled by a hazmat dude through plastic sheets and asks where she is. Refuses to answer her question, ignores her concerns, and ultimately gasses her. Exterior shot. What a gentleman. So the young dude of indeterminate origin, we'll call him Malcolm because that's his name. (laughs) He's putting stuff in a locker and pulls out a picture of a girl from his purse. It was a wallet. I don't know why I wrote purse. (laughs) (laughs) So, at this point, I didn't even know if it was the same, like, prostitute from, like, minutes before because I did not care enough. 
I later found out it's not, but it made no difference to me. <laughs> I, I don't understand why he took this job, because that interview is probably the sketchiest thing. <laughs> yeah. Like You they, do what you're paid to do, sir. They never clarified they're making a cure. They just told him very vague things. We're working with viruses. <laughs> yeah. Bernie, that sounds like the type of job that you'd work at. You'd be like, you'd go in for that interview and be like, yeah, okay. Sounds good. Well, it depends. Do I get paid bots? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Brody, what do you do for a living? You know, it's hard to explain. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't, don't know. I walk around in, like, hazmat suits and, I don't know, I give people these, like, drugs and stuff. Throw them into cells and record their time of death. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Wait a second. Time of death, they die. Oh my god. This isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> the hours are really sh**ing and I hate that I have to catch the bus home. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but a job's a job. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Someone's gotta do it. <laughs> Someone's gotta make the H1N1. <laughs> so, he puts his picture on the mirror and then a nurse shows up. Her name's Abby. And she's startled by someone else being in the office and tells them the truth that he's dressed too damn flashy and deduces it's his first day. So over breakfast, she gushes about how great it is to work there and she's eating a banana with a knife. With peanut butter. I don't give a sh. She's eating a f***ing banana with a knife. Well, it's because you put well, the it's because she was like spreading like peanut butter on yeah, there. Yeah, you That's put the okay. peanut butter on the knife and you cut the banana with the peanut butter on the I knife. I don't care. Burn her. I knew these guys were the bad guys. <laughs> it's witchcraft. <laughs> so some more lab assistants show up and they bitch about work. They're all Mondays. There's two guys and a girl. Their names are, I think, Francis and Colty and some other guy. Danny? I don't know. And then the girl's name is, was it Andy or? It's Corey. No, no, they're the other girl. Abby? Was it Abby? We discussed oh, her already. I it was Andy. We, we all... No, it was Abby. You watched this entire movie where everyone was calling her Abby and you thought it was Andy This for this entire movie? I couldn't make out what they were saying. Sometimes it was Mr. Burr. Yeah. I love how this scene is literally water cooler talk, but there's like a dark filter and like the lights are flickering. <laughs> it's the yeah. dumbest thing. They tried so hard to make every scene of this movie scary. Like even like Cabin in the Woods has a water cooler talk scene and it's brightly lit in an office hallway and that scene is actually startling. <laughs> yeah. And this does the exact opposite in attempt to be scary, I guess, and fails miserably. The newbie introduces himself and one of the guys is cold, but the other guy shakes his hand. The, the guy who I don't remember his name. We'll say Guy One. No, we'll say Kenny, because that's his name. Is it? It is. I scrolled down in my notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the doctor shows up and whisks away Malcolm, the new guy, and explains that they are synthesizing new strains of the virus to have vaccines against every possible strain of H1N1, which sounds tedious and dangerous. Why would impossible. You, why would yeah? Why would you focus on this one virus too? There's so many viruses that you could be vaccinating against, but like no, we're going to do every single possible mutation of H1N1 just in case. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That ninety-eight percent of those are never going to see the light of day. But oh, we got a vaccine for it just in case. So in our cell. 
in our cell, this movie is our cell, in the cell, our streetwalker awakens and gets up and starts banging at the door like the obvious thing to do. And the doctor watching the footage records a profile of her and says, treatment yet to be decided. And that's not scary. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, sexy young British guy is having a nightmare. Because... He's not sexy. Well, he's the sexiest <laughs> he's, one he's... in the... I mean, yeah. in the real world, he's probably like a four. <laughs> but in, in the movie... In the context of the movie, he's creeping up there. He, uh... <laughs> I, I feel like... Every movie that has... They always have to have a scene with the sexy guy of the movie with the shirt off. Why do I feel like it's the sexy guy's idea in every one of those movies? Can I take my shirt off? <laughs> I think it would be perfect if I uh, if I took my shirt off. Damn it, just give him that one. <laughs> yeah, this is the scene that gets all the ladies hot and bothered. Well, him I think hot. that's like their intentions, but... No, like no girl is going to be like, I want to watch this movie because this guy takes off his shirt. I can just fucking Google that. I really wanted to see it, but no, I don't care. Well, how about like iRobot where he's constantly waking up in every random scene without a shirt? I liked the movie iRobot. I did too. He's always shirtless. (laughs) I don't even remember. So he dreams that he's walking through the lab and finds a woman in a chair, the same woman he has a photograph of. Who then starts leaking blood out her mouth, and then he wakes up in a cold sweat. This is a nightmare in a supposed horror movie, and I have had good dreams that were scarier than that. Yeah, samezies. <laughs> like there's, I was watching and like, huh, is that supposed to, am I supposed to feel something? See, it made me slightly uncomfortable because she was holding a baby, and I was like... Huh. Yeah, that's messed up, <laughs> but it's not scary. I was like, no. And it was so quick that I had to kind of like... Like, was that a baby? Like, if the baby, notice. like, jumped out with, like, super sharp teeth and, like, bit off his face, that'd be pretty scary. Or if the baby was a chestburster. What? We're not watching Alien. I know. I think they like to think we are. There's some things that feel like they wanted to... We'll get to uh, Mr. Whitehaired Guy later, but... I hate him. See, I think they were like, yeah, let's make this into a zombie movie, but we don't have enough money to actually make zombies, so we're just gonna make these people die after, like blank amount of days yeah <laughs> this is so cool it really would probably take less money to make zombies if you, if you do them all like dawn of the dead style like the old dawn of the dead movie just throw some powdered white makeup on them <laughs> but this is cooler yeah this is apparently <laughs> no so he no. sits up and he has a sig in the lab later he's observing some cells through a microscope and seems a little jumpy and suspicious of what everyone else is doing Probably because it was terrifying nightmare, and he uncovers a viral strain, a pretty dangerous looking one because it has a biohazard container on the petri dish, and he puts it on a slide and observes it through the microscope. When did the pig zombies come? <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. It would be like great. a campy like H one N one zombie movie, and then at the end there's just this giant pig zombie. You know what would have been really cool. It's like the people got these viruses and then they started turning to like zombie pigs. Yeah. Or just pigs. Like tusk style. Actually, I was thinking, I, I was thinking if like that, where they start turning into pigs, but then turns out the overall plot was once they turn them into pigs, they use them to feed the rich. Sounds like bacon. a Goosebumps episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Camp Jelly Jam or some shit. Very <laughs> So. He confronts the doctor and says that in all his time, 
He has never seen a strain move this fast, and it's called version X. Not I don't know how you like caught all that. I was so bored. I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? His mouth is moving, and I can't even listen to what he's saying. I had to write it down. <laughs> yeah, he's never seen a strain move that fast, and I've never seen a horror movie move this slow. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> So he expresses fears that they could synthesize a strain that could be too deadly and could get out, which that was his concern before. And they said, no, we're perfectly safe. We're good. And they also said there's only certain amount of mutations available in H1N1. So, like, I don't understand his fears of how they could mutate a strain too deadly because there's only so many possibilities. But he's having a little irrational panic attack. Sounds like me. <laughs> And the doctor warns him that a conscience is not something a scientist can afford. So the doctor calls the white hair guy. His name's Jaron. Jaron. <laughs> and he says he thinks they found what they're looking for. And Jaron responds, yes, doctor, in what sounds like a robotic, like, Igor voice. <laughs> and then we finally get a good shot of him. <laughs> Looks Why like an ugly the- Sephiroth in a in bondage gear. <laughs> Jaren whispers the whole movie. You can barely make out anything he says because they have the background in the audio or the background music much louder than his actual talking. And it's See, like-, like all I could think about when I saw him was just like, you know, like that singer Sonny Moore or whatever. Yeah. Like. An 80-year-old Sonny Moore <laughs> from, like, the scene days. 80-year-old Skrillex? Well, not Skrillex, though. Like, <laughs> that like that one well-known picture of, like, when he was Sonny Moore. Just 80 years old now with white hair. <laughs> He's a scary guy. I f- they tried way too hard to make him scary. I don't think so. I think he's just ugly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's he's an scary. ugly dude. He's Italian. That thing is feel bad. Uh, the actor himself isn't that bad looking. I don't believe you. Yeah, you don't have to lie to us. I'm not going to look it up, but I don't believe you. He's not He's not as bad as Blonde Loki over there. No, he's, he's as bad. <laughs> so he opens a barrel that appears to be full of dry ice and a Petri dish containing that particular strain of H1N1 somehow. And it takes him 20 seconds to grab the f***ing thing out of the goddamn drink. <laughs> that was like five swears in one second. Damn straight. <laughs> so after work, Malcolm is questioned by Banana Knife Girl about the girl <laughs> on his mirror. And he explains, oh, that old thing, she's just the first victim I saw die, and I keep it as a reminder. <laughs> then he says, come on, let's get some food, yeah? <laughs> He's a sociopath. He takes, uh, he takes trophies of all his victims. By the way, that is, like, the most, like, confident line ever. Just like, hey, let's go get some food. Like, you, this is your first day. You just met this girl. And you're like, hey, let's go grab some food. I should say. She was, like, totally giving him, like, the flirty eyes. Oh, yeah. She she was all, like, hey, See, what he did wrong was he didn't use the line, young, lovely. (laughs) Come on, young. Hey, young, lovely. Let's get some napping food. Grub. (laughs) So have you, like, used that on a girl yet? No, I'm going to walk into a bar and just yell it out and say... I know, you already said that, but have you done it? lovely. I'm working on it, yeah. Working up the confidence. (laughs) So in the cell, the girl is sitting there, and the doctor says into his recorder, they are testing the H1N1 strain X, virus X. 
some hazmat guys and Sephiroth show up, and he injects her as they hold her down. And the doctor continues talking to his recorder and says her estimated life expectancy is three days. What kind of leap is that? <laughs> Their last strain that they tried was 23 days, and they're like, we're trying, but we just can't find something better. <laughs> they just, by fluke, find something that's <laughs> killing her in three days. <laughs> so the... <laughs> I didn't write anything that's right the grabs the girl grabs and bites a hazmat guy's leg and escapes <laughs> i love how earlier when the young dude malcolm was expressing his con concerns the doctor said we have top level security protocols nothing can happen well she bites a hazmat guy's leg and escapes <laughs> i was even thinking like do they not uh top level security protocols did, did they not take into the account that a victim might fight back they have yeah. two people in a hazmat suit and a fucking horror movie monster. Yeah, their their version of the next classic monster. <laughs> I think that the people made this. I like to uh, imagine that the people making the movie thought that their movie was going to be a hit. So, like you know, with the wannabes, they thought they were going to perform this at the fucking Oscars, the real Oscars. And I feel like these people. We're hoping that this guy would be a hit. That this would be like their movie monster, and he'd come back. He'd die in every movie and come back for another movie and die again. And then well, they should write him better. <laughs> really? Do you think? I don't think so. I think that's they what tried they tried really. Hard. I think that's what they wanted, and it. It's not what. It's not the feeling I got from it. No, not at all. all. But I think it's what they wanted <laughs> because like, they can't even convey their thoughts appropriately. <laughs> like when he was taking that petri dish out of that thing, like he was standing there over the dry ice for a good like ten seconds, and then the camera zoomed in He's so on that fucking petri dish. It's like someone who has no idea how to make a horror movie and no eye for suspense or anything attempted to make something that they thought was suspenseful <laughs> but there's there's nothing there's no suspense whatsoever you're just sitting there watching this movie like this is still happening but uh so they lock the sephiroth dude locks the hazmat guys in the room and chases her slowly <laughs> just walks after her and I'm she crawls, crawls through a duct and despite the doctor's urgings he does not move any faster and she makes her way into the lab and into the staff area where everyone's eating. That No shame. <laughs> yeah. She starts screaming for help and says that he's coming. And she's too hysterical to be of any help because they keep asking who's coming, what are you talking about, and nothing. Nothing of use. And Malcolm tries to comfort her even though she's got a bad case of the pig. Yeah. And Jaren shows up with a pistol. And as she's begging for help, Malcolm flashes back to the dying girl from his dream, the mother. And then Jaren shoots our virus X victim. And her head explodes. Yeah, well, I mean, there's quite the spray of blood. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so these people work with, like, these viruses and stuff, or vaccinations for these viruses, all day, every day. A girl runs into that room, covered in blood, and looks like she's dying. Are they not going to be like... <laughs> Oh my god, something happened. I should probably not touch this girl because she's probably yeah. got a virus. And I should probably go find the vaccines I've been working on. And not just that, but you're in like a high maintenance security contained room and there's a random stranger who's <laughs> And they're like, oh, what's wrong? 
<laughs> Stranger yeah. burst in the room covered in blood. Oh, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I think one thing that's weird is they seem to be unaware of the tests going on, uh, just based on their general attitude to this. But they all, aside from Malcolm, who's new, they all seem to know Jaren pretty well. Does he just, like, walk around, sometimes have lunch with them? Hey, guys. So the staff start freaking out, but not really. <laughs> They're pretty desensitized to death, it appears. And the doctor urges that Jaren leaves them at once, and he says, Yes, doctor, and does. And they note this. He's working for the doctor, which they knew, because they know him. And the doctor calls rich lady... Mrs. It's funny because on IMDb and stuff, she's credited as Mrs. Harrington, I think. But they clearly say Herring. They do not say Harrington. I don't know. All I thought was ugly Jessica Lang. <laughs> so he calls her residence and gets the butler. Meanwhile, examining the body, the medical team notice a syringe in her arm and deduce that she's infected. Which is not what I would deduce. I would think, oh, sh- she's a junkie. And they're like, oh, she's got swine flu. Someone injected her with swine flu. (laughs) They seem to catch on very well. Well, I guess they're scientists. Yeah, the regular Sherlock Holmes, these guys. So Mrs. Herring, ugly Jessica Lang, blames the doctor for his shortcomings and says there's a silver lining. The staff. If the strain is as strong as he says it is, the problem will be corrected soon anyway. Now, this is where the movie really gets scary. No. <laughs> How do you think she got so rich? Well, like, what does she do? Just suck She's an evil yeah. suck every day. That's why she goes after prostitutes. It's like a attacking her past thing. That's why her and Blonde Loki are like BFFs. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't she take the needle out? <laughs> she was running. <laughs> it takes a lot of like two seconds. Less than that. Just swat it like a bug. I was surprised it didn't fall out. (laughs) Right? She was crawling through vents and stuff. Honestly, I'd probably take it up because it just... It feels so uncomfortable. I just feel it like this and throw it away. So what is the deal with this rich (laughs) Why is she evil? Because she's rich? Because she wants to be richer, I think. Like, she wants to get everyone sick. Like... Or whatever, like with that disease, and then provide them all with not the right use of the term vaccination because that's not what she's creating. But she no. wants to give them a medicine that's going to cure them this disease. Yeah, it's weird because they switch back and forth between calling it vaccination and uh, antidote. antidote. A vaccination stops a virus before you get it, an antidote cures poisons. And cures diseases. Neither of these apply because you cannot. You can treat a virus when you have it, but you can't just vaccinate against a virus that you have. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought the, they were scientists. I know, right? Not very good ones. <laughs> and so the doctor finishes his drink and makes the call. The alarms go off and the lab starts locking down. Francis, the angry guy, says, they have to get out. And Abby says, we can't just leave her. She's a dead fucking body. Yes, you can. You have to get out. I hate Francis so much. He's got a, he's got permanent Ashton Kutcher face. Okay, is Francis the one with the mustache? No. No, no that's... Okay, whoever uh... the one... Okay, whichever one has the mustache, I so badly just wanted to peel that thing off. 
Kitty. I was like, that is gross. That is not real. I just want to grab it and just like peel it off your face. And then the caterpillar walks up your arm. <laughs> What? Because <laughs> it's a caterpillar. Crisis. Okay. <laughs> is Kenny? Yeah, Francis. The thing that bugged me about him is he has like a like. He's he's always trying to sound badass, but it's like it sounds like an anime voice actor. Like he sounds like he's got like permanent like solid snake voice. Like, hey, doctor, and it's just like, no, you don't sound real. You don't sound like a person. You sound like a person trying to sound badass in a horror movie. <laughs> And at one point, it like I think he's crying, but I thought he was laughing at first. There, well, there was a few points where he laughs inappropriately. <laughs> like I hate him so much. <laughs> so they run around, but then Abby says, "No, it's secure. There's no way out." And the doctor says, "Trial continues into the recorder." Day one, the gang zip up the prostitute in a body bag and clean up the blood. Corey's complaining that she's cold but can't stop sweating. And Malcolm gives her a needle, and I don't know what's supposed to be in the needle. Probably their idea of a vaccine. <laughs> I think, because of what later what happens later on, I think it, he could be taking their blood. Oh, yeah, that could be it, too. Because he comes back after doing a bunch of tests saying that they got it, even though it's pretty fucking clear they got it. <laughs> that's true, that's true, you're probably right. <clears throat> so meanwhile, Francis is coughing up blood. And he starts trying to type on the computer to reach the doctor, despite it saying no signal. And he somehow gets through to the doctor, despite it saying no signal. <laughs> and the doctor says, dispose of him to Jaren. And Jaren's face appears on the computer screen, which looks super dumb. So, I so think, dumb. I think he's part, like, I think he knows more than the rest of the group, because he knew that that was not no signal. I think he just f***ed around until he got something. <laughs> that, that too. I, I'm don't read too things. highly of these people. <laughs> so, uh, Jaron says the doctor is predisposed, and Francis asks to be let out. Jaron's like, no can do, slut, and points out, or Francis points out pretty truthfully that this is all Jaron's fault, <laughs> not his. So Jaron disconnects, and Francis coughs some more. He returns to the gang, and they say that he is next to get the needle. And through his coughing fit, he says, He's fine, I don't need to be stuck with no needles. <laughs> <laughs> you are dying right now as we speak. So, the movie has the title Virus X. And they say Virus X, but the... They never say off- Virus X. They say H1N1 Strain X or oh, Version yeah. X. or So, but they most commonly call it h1n1 do they not yeah it's a strain of h1n1 apparently well whenever they say h1n1 it it takes me out of the movie for some reason why not (laughs) stick with a cooler like you could virus x is even cooler than just saying h1n1 i feel if it was a fictional virus yeah it it would feel a lot more normal or if they named it something different yeah it, it, it take it absolutely takes you out of the movie it just feels weird because they talk because they're trying to remain relevant. <laughs> so Malcolm does some research on the blood samples, as you said, and he tells them all that they have been infected with a particularly nasty strain of H1N1, and tells them that they have three to five days. So Corey has an idea, <laughs> and it becomes pretty apparent at this point that they are trying to make a vaccine, and I think a team of well-trained scientists, as stated, should know that you can't make a vaccine against a virus you already have, you you aren't going to reverse a strain. <laughs> so, I think they meant to, like, I, th- I swear they meant to use the word cure, but yeah. they just, 
they were just like a vaccine that sounds so much better because that's like a needle full of medicine that's brilliant let's you let's you let's use the word vaccine they just threw yeah. words around health yeah, potion <laughs> elixir uh. <laughs> so uh. <laughs> so francis freaks out pointing out that they're all trapped and they were alone and malcolm points out that the girl had to come from somewhere so they are going to go into the vents, and Abby agrees to go with them because it, because chemistry. <laughs> and the doctor watches via cam. They make their way to the testing chamber, and they find the dead hazmat guys. Oh, but the one with his eyes closed isn't dead. Of course. Spooky. Plus, it took him a day to die when it's taking <laughs> everyone else three days. Yeah. He starts coughing up blood and begs for help. And they carry him out of the chamber and attempt to vaccinate him, I guess? So, Malcolm sees him dying and flashes back to the mom dying in South Africa or whatever, and then the guy dies. Because Malcolm was too busy reminiscing to do anything. Day two! He does it a lot. He's kind of useless. That first day was kind of long, though. Or felt very long. This movie felt kind of long. It did. <laughs> it did. It felt so long. I was checking literally every, like, 15 minutes. I was like, is it done yet? Is it almost done? There's got to be, like, five minutes left. Less than 85 minutes. And that is less than 85 minutes too long. Like, it is a... a, It's short by feature film standards, and it still felt pretty long. (laughs) So, day two starts with the team zipping up the hazmat guy in a body bag. If there's anything I like about this movie, I like how they start the days in a uniform way, zipping up the body bags. But that's about all the praise I got. <laughs> so the gang is sitting around quietly and coughing. And then Malcolm blows out a cigarette and gives one to Kenny. And then suggests, why not just burn down the lab to avoid a pandemic? Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't. So some staff members hold out hope, but Malcolm points out that Dr. Graviman, who's the doctor, can't help because he's outside and they're in here. What is burning... <laughs> Wouldn't burning down the lab cause the pandemic? Like I don't know if could... fire kills a petri dish with H one N one in it. But couldn't it turn into airborne? Yeah, it probably would. So <laughs> like, I, I mean it depends on if fire kills the, the virus, bacteria. which it yeah. probably doesn't. Uh but yeah, it would probably go airborne. <laughs> and all the strains would probably go airborne. <laughs> so in a f- Could you imagine that? Now that would be a good movie. That would that's be good a movie, movie. I want to see. <laughs> That'd be a good setup too, but no. no that's <laughs> well, no, no, no. If you like condense this entire movie into like 15 minutes and then have that just as the setup and then continue on, that, yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down for that. Burn that bitch down. And then have like zombie pigs. Yeah, and they find out that the strain mutated some zombies. They don't need to really explain it. Just zombies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like every other zombie movie. Nope. That's not what we got. So he then realizes that they're being watched. Because by repeating he's outside and we're in here, somehow it clicks in his brain that Grovman is watching them. So tensions are high as Francis starts screaming at the camera. And then he does the uh, the bad actor laugh. And leaves. Can you give us an example of the bad actor laugh? Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it other than, like, in a movie, when there's one character who's, like, especially in, like, situations, like, uh, where they're all f***ed, like, in this situation, they're, oh, we all know they're gonna die, and they're like, you just stop it, there's no use, he's like, ha 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 
there's no use. <laughs> you know, like just like it's like a situation where there's no reason you should be laughing, and the actor does a really forced laugh. And it's like, why are you doing this? Why is this the character decision that you went to because you saw other bad actors do it in other bad movies? Honestly, though, if you're put in a situation, some people will laugh due to like shock and shit, but. But it's always no. like the <laughs> wake up, guys. Like, it wouldn't be like that. It'd be like a moment of insanity. That's pretty much what he, I think what he's going for. But failed. To be honest, I cannot imagine myself laughing in that kind of situation. I'd no. be like, no. <laughs> but that was the direction that Mr. I don't give a shit about your name went for. <laughs> and so then he rages through the halls. And Abby gives a sob story in an office to the doctor on the cam about how it's her sister's birthday. <laughs> I was so... I zoned out because I was so bored with this movie. I completely, like, didn't... I completely, like, ignored this whole conversation. But whole... it was a sad story. You Didn't you hear the swelling violins? I know. I, I didn't hear it. I think, I think I had the same problem as Brody over <laughs> I just here. just kind of blacked out. <laughs> So she tells him that she was she's constantly asked to leave and go home, but no, the doctor needs her. She's making a difference. And then she's crying and being all sob story. And Malcolm shows up and starts comforting her, and says she says I don't want to die. And he kisses her. Now you have it. But no, this is <laughs> the doctor is watching this all on camera. Like they, this is pretty creepy and. We live in public. Like, this is candy. The doctor probably has his hands down. And his hands <laughs> yeah. Now. He's like, yeah. Over the intercom, like, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Now touch her here. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, shit, I was holding the button. <laughs> this makes the doctor it. happy. <laughs> Ew. Do you think... A few like... more times and I'll give you an antidote. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, no. Um... I don't think that's the antidote they are looking for. Did you, what I, because I did space out, and I didn't catch almost, I <laughs> caught literally almost nothing of this whole monologue, but what I did catch, is she, did she have a thing with the doctor, or? It seemed like she had a thing for the doctor, she like, she just says, oh, she really respected him, he's a great man, and or... it seemed like it was so much more than that, but they don't touch upon it. <laughs> See, I wasn't sure if she had a thing with him or for him or if it or if she just thought he was a good guy trying to find a cure i, I don't but, know it feels like either like cause i don't feel they're smart enough to come up with a subtext so it feels like that a combination of bad acting and bad writing on both parts uh made it feel like you know she had a thing for him and he had a thing for her and they're probably like oh it's like a loving father-daughter relationships and that's not what it no that's not yeah i totally <laughs> thought they had like a romantic relationship and, and it's never explicitly stated but you definitely get that and i don't know if that's what they were going for they did touch up on it again slightly like when he opened up when he decided to open up the doors and yeah, stuff. yeah spoilers kind of jumping ahead of yourself here yeah but it's <laughs> it's uh relevant <laughs> But he even states, like, I couldn't watch you suffer or something like that. I wanted you bod. <laughs> but yeah, then Jaren shows up and talks all super villainy, like humans are insects and all that. And so the doctor leaves. And God, this white-haired dude looks fucking dumb. <laughs> and so Kenny and Corey are trying to burn the place down or escape or something, God knows. And they start kissing too. 
Do you think that's now you act- have it? <laughs> Do you think <laughs> that's his actual hair, though? The actor? Yeah. I hope not. Like it looked like I could see his roots. <laughs> <laughs> that was all the attention to detail they put into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> They gave him a wig with roots. <laughs> yeah. So, things start getting heated. A coughing Francis stumbles through the halls yelling at the doctor, even though the only person watching is Jaren. And, uh, you know, Car- Kenny and Corey are... Qu- coitusing. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you use that word? <laughs> Francis still won't shut the fuck up. Jaren is watching the doctor on cam, punching codes in a panel. And being like, what are you doing? But not stopping him. And then Dr. Graviman hits a last button and the alarm goes off and everyone just starts dying. Okay, but like seriously? Who starts just like doing the thing in the middle of like a situation like that? That would not be on my mind. That'd be the last thing on my mind. Yeah, you I'd be like, oh gross. my goodness, I need to find this like cure. I need to find this. I, it wouldn't be like, hey, want to put your thing in me? Once, I'm so like, down for that right now. Six sex. And like, what's virus sex? Also, I've... Virus watched... X? Oh, my God. Oh, no. That's how they found it. Not if see... you don't title this episode Virus Sex, you're totally, totally missing out here. It's an opportunity. It is totally an opportunity. So a comment, though, and what I... I've concluded that what H1N1 really does is make you sh** out your mouth. That, that was not blood coming out of their mouth. It was too thick and clumpy. You mean poop, not sh**. You can't swear. <laughs> they all start dying, particularly Corey, in the middle of their lovemaking session. Because <laughs> she's a black protagonist. Four to go! Oh, and then Francis dies. Three to go! <laughs> and the doctor... Okay, so are we on day one or day two now? We're on day, day two. two. The doctor makes his way into the hall with everyone, and at a fancy mansion, Mrs. Herring gets a call from Jaren, and he delivers the good news that five are dead and the rest are expected to be dead soon. But there's a complication. The doctor has deviated from his typical behavioral pattern. He has like a dumb, like, just robotic tinge to his voice that comes into play later, but I fucking hate him. <laughs> See, this movie has nothing to go on. It has, it's, there's like no suspense. It's just watching, like I said earlier, it's just watching people die for three days. And people you don't care about, though. Like, not yeah, a single yeah. person that you care about is dying. And you're like, oh, well, there goes another one. Bye. And it's really boring. Nothing happens. And I've seen movies that have a very simple plot. Or, like, bas- I've seen a movie that has had. Basically, no plot. Next to no plot. But they bounce, they uh, they were relying a lot on the writing, and the writing was really good, which made it interesting. No, this one also had shitty writing. Yeah. yeah, you have to... If you're going to forgo a plot, which is a ballsy move to make in a movie, and I'm not commending the writers for doing so, <laughs> uh, then you have to be able to write. <laughs> and it's doable. I've seen it done. But they've failed miserably. Jaren tells ugly Jessica Lang that Gravelman overloaded the lockdown and is in the lab. And so she gives him a license to kill. Day three. Cody and Francis are zipped up in body bags. Hey, did you notice? Okay, when it, like, on the screen it says day three. The A was the letter four. And number the two, four. Number four. Sorry, number four. 
You know what I mean? I know. And then in the word three, both of the E's were threes. Leet speak. It made me so mad. <laughs> You're a noob with zeros for the O's. Wow. And I slightly understand why they'd mix it with the, the E with the three, even though it's stupid as shit. <laughs> where'd the, why four? Yeah, where'd the four come from? Why was that a four? It's not relevant at Because all. some people might live four to five days. <laughs> but it's not the fourth day. No. So a rather bloody and sickly looking crying Kenny remembers all the good times he had with Corey, the co-worker he didn't care about yesterday. Namely, them having sex and the times leading up to them having sex. Uh, woo. <laughs> He's like, remember, remember those good times? Do you want to fuck? <laughs> so Malcolm throws Graviman up against the wall and starts screaming at him that he let them die. Which is really impressive on Malcolm's behalf because he waited a full day to take out his rage. <laughs> Graverman said he was only doing what he was paid to, and this is all his benefactor's idea. Well, see, what happened with uh, Malcolm was he just figured out what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was still remembering They had time to time. zip them up in the body bags and pass another night, and then he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> he, pulled a, he pulled a Brody. <laughs> <laughs> so, his head is somewhere else until it's too late. So then he says what is possibly the dumbest line uttered by a biologist. He said, years ago, when H1N1 first hit, I invented an antidote. <laughs> H1N1 first hit, if he's talking about, like, there's two dates he could be talking about. He could be talking about, like, 1918, or he could be talking about 2009. One is a lot longer than years ago, and one is not years ago. <laughs> Also, you don't have antidotes for viruses. You have vaccines and not viruses that are actively running. <laughs> so he says when H1N1 first hit, he cured it. But Mrs. Herring wanted the world desperate and terrified, so she hired him to mutate it so she could make money selling the vaccine. And then he says, like, I'm not the bad guy here. You have to understand. <laughs> I saved the world and then decided to reinfect it because I was paid to. I'm the hero. <laughs> <laughs> he tries crying, but the actor just isn't good enough. No. <laughs> he tries, and he's just like, maybe if I just, like, scrunch up my face real hard, it'll look like I'm crying, but no. Get someone to come, like, dab little water droplets under his eyes. An hour into the movie, and they just started to reveal the plot. <laughs> and by this point in the movie, I was like, nah, there's no zombies coming. <laughs> yeah. These guys aren't turning into zombies. It's too late for zombies. The hope, the hope is gone. The hope is now gone. <laughs> so they decide to go looking for the antidote. I wrote antidote. Anecdote. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Which is 10 miles away. When a dying and crazy candy shows up and then collapses. They try to escape, but who's standing in their way but Jaren, scraping his guns on the walls. And why like an homage to Freddy Krueger, except that it makes no sense. <laughs> and why didn't you attack him right now before he pulls a gun on you? What? That scene made me so angry. I was like, why is this? Oh, why is this happening? Why is he doing this? I hate him. What is hate the, him so much. Scraping a gun on a wall. <laughs> They're trying to make him scary. By completely ripping off an actually yeah. scary horror movie. <laughs> so the doctor calls him Herring's wind-up toy, which is some more evidence to suggest the obvious theory at this point that he's a robot. And the doctor says, I'm not afraid of you. I know what you are. And Jaren says, do you? <laughs> 
as if it wasn't obvious by his robot voice, the many not subtle hints, and the fact that he's not dying of swine flu right now. Jaren says he wonders what pain and emotions feel like, and comments that humans have such fragile bodies. Malcolm then tries to take the gun and smashes his head into the wall a bunch, and the signal like fades and crackles every time he hits the wall, and his voice gets all crackly. And I want to say right now, when they're when he when they're attacking whatever his name is, ugly blonde Loki. Okay, ugly blonde Loki. When they're attacking him and he's getting slammed against the wall. The screen goes all VHS yeah, looking like, for a tracking. This isn't... It's like it's his... We're watching this through his AI or something. But we're not. <laughs> this isn't a found footage movie. This isn't security. This isn't security footage. There's absolutely no reason they for it this cool. screen to flicker. They really wanted to drive the point home. <laughs> it really... That, that pissed me off a lot because it was... It was literally completely pointless to have that filter on there. So Kenny tells him, you're not human, and he says, sadly, and shoots him. And then he shoots the doctor. That's two more dead. Bye. (laughs) You're not sad? No, I was like, okay, if people keep dying, then eventually everyone's going to die, and this movie will be over. You would think that. (laughs) So Abby jumps on his back and starts beating him, and he throws her down and is about to shoot her. When Malcolm attacks him and sticks a syringe in his face repeatedly while having nom flashbacks of that dead mother that he <laughs> killed. <laughs> Jarenbot starts glitching out and firing the gun at random and appears to power down, but then puts a gun to his head and pulls the trigger. So he is actually a robot? I don't yeah. think so. Like I totally I thought know. he was, and then he like shot himself. And I, was I like, have no idea. Nah. That's a person. This is just a dumb movie, and the guy didn't know how to act, so it kind of looked like a robot. I felt like they were going for, like, they, like, watched Alien, and they're like, you know that cool, like, android cyborg guy thing? Like, we want something like that. <laughs> but, like, he was bleeding, and when he shot himself in the head, there was blood. Yeah, ro- but he's also, like, twitching out and making robot noises. But, yeah, like, like there's the blood, and he just shot himself in the head after he supposedly powered down, too. So I have no idea what they were going for with this character. <laughs> they couldn't decide. <laughs> and you would think he'd have somewhat of a backstory, too, but As, nope. Imagine you'd, like, talk to the creator. Oh, we decided to leave it ambiguous. No, you just are bad at making movies. <laughs> Can we get him to guess? <laughs> the actor? I totally bet, like, anyone from this movie would definitely guess. <laughs> Maybe not if they listen to this, like, podcast. <laughs> yes. but, uh, but if you're like, can we, like, interview you? They'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, man, you can totally do that. All right. First question, why the f*** did you agree to make this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why did you do this? Second question, can I have an hour and 25 minutes of my life back? <laughs> Third question, not so much a question, but I'm going to take an hour and 30 minutes away from your life because that is what you have done to me. You're, I only have three questions, but you're going to sit here in silence. <laughs> I'm going to air this three hours. <laughs> so in Mrs. Herring's abode, she gets ready to wind herself down for the day. Puts on a record and does that thing that people only do in movies when they put on records. like Kind of like tilt her head back, like eyes closed, smiling like, yeah, that's a good record. And she goes to her bed and sits down. And then Abby shows up in her bedroom and says, Gravelman's vaccines work wonders. That's not how fucking vaccines work. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were in the final stages. You were going to die that day. <laughs> yeah. And also, they healed and cleaned up very well. For, very fast. For one day. Which is really interesting because, like, it, it was like three days and they were still alive. They're but like, the guys in the hazmat suits, one. they died in, like, 20 minutes. They were incubated inside their suits. <laughs> but, but, like, these people... No! They were, like, sweaty and, like, sunken and sallow and, like, oozing sores. And now they're just like, hey, it worked. We're hot again. And Malcolm kind of looked like later on near the third day, Malcolm's starting to look like a Australian version of Alice Cooper. <laughs> a blonde Australian Alice Cooper. He's just getting all sunken and they look like like this is heroin. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is your brain on heroin. <laughs> this movie. But Herring asks, Do I know you? And Abby says, No, but we know you. All of a sudden, Malcolm's behind her and knocks her out. She wakes up in the test chamber and tries to escape. And starts coughing up blood and crying for help and tries making a plea deal. But someone is watching her on the camera. She notices some body bags in her room. So reasonably, she goes to unzip them. <laughs> of course. What else would you do in that of sort of situation? Corpse. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that, folks, is how you heard the last episode of Blind Pie ever. Because so, everyone turned off after that <laughs> joke. So she unzips them. She finds the bodies of all the previous victims of the movie. And she begs for help again as Malcolm and Abby watch the footage and smile at each other evilly. I feel like they're like, they have their fingers like, yes. Like <laughs> Mr. Burns, touching tips. Touching tips. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gingerly touching tips. <laughs> so she continues begging for help, and then the feed flickers away. Why is it flickering? It just, it just dies out. It just, like, the movie just sputters out. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to credits. And you're like, that didn't, like... That's not how you end strong at all. No. No. It just They're watching, and then just... just See, they had so many potentials for a good movie, like making this entire movie 15 minutes long and then changing it into an outbreak movie. And then having this movie 15 minutes long, this entire like condensing everything and taking all that, like this entire movie was just filler, taking all that out. And then having a revenge film of them getting back at like ugly Jessica Lange. No, no, they didn't take any of those opportunities. They were like, nah, this is a great movie. Let's just add in filler here, add in like 20 minutes of filler here. Oh, let's let this guy look at Petri dishes for 20 minutes. Shirts no, off thank here. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, I, 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 just, I just recorded like an hour of filler. <laughs> let's make a movie. <laughs> and then, you know what? I didn't even get to see any boobs. No, not a boob. You almost saw... Ugly Jessica Lang's boob. No, after I saw her hands and feet, I was like, "Oh no, I'm out of here!" Like at first, I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna see boobs like within the first five minutes. This is gonna be like the most exciting thing that happens in this movie." But no, no, like that'd be the worst thing to see would be her boobs. <laughs> I'd rather no boobs. I'd rather no boobs than ugly Jessica Lang boobs. Hey, we saw uh, Malcolm Burr's boobs. <laughs> J Day. Yeah, JJ. You. And his toupee. So now our uh, our Oscars. 
It's never going <laughs> to not be called that now. No, it's not. <laughs> our award ceremony, our official award ceremony, we're going to give out actual trophies this time. So, <laughs> the first are we going to th- track down the actors? Then, like, no, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we should mail them. No, <laughs> mail them paper mache trophies. Yeah, for you. Made with like macaroni and glue. <laughs> this is me, and this is you. <laughs> this <laughs> like is a me macaroni watching. picture of us giving trophies to them. Yeah. <laughs> And this is a picture of me watching your movie. See this? I am dead. I am not alive. Because I witnessed this spectacle that was such a just... Disaster. Such a just gift to film. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That I don't need to live anymore. You're getting so many copies for your birthday. Oh, no. So So are you, Shani (laughs) Tretzla. Worst birthday. (laughs) Wait till the sequel. Is there seriously a sequel? <laughs> I don't think so. I have a feeling the sequel would be better. Probably. What if this is called Virus X because it's Virus 10? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, what about Virus 11, you guys? Virus XI. What about Virus I? <laughs> virus 1. Start yeah. at the start. We're going to have a virus episode. We just watch all the virus series. Oh, no. So, first thing up is... Uh, the MVP of this movie, and this one might be a bit hard, but <laughs> but Chantel, who do you think is who do you think is deserving of any recognition whatsoever in this movie? Uh, I don't know. I guess the one the person that I least detested was maybe Abby, just because okay. her acting wasn't as painful as everyone else's. Abby, okay, she's uh. I don't know much about her. I looked her up. She appears to be a model, which says a lot, if that's true, because her acting was better than most of the other people in the movie. And uh, Okay, so Bloody Brody right now is pulling up pictures of ugly Jessica Lange, and I advise everyone who is listening to this podcast to go onto her, her IMDB. Her name is S-Y-B-I-L Danning, and Still you are going to see some terrifying pictures of her boobies. She, oh god. She used to be a model apparently. She used to be a model apparently. And just go look. I think we have Brody's answer there. That f- No, no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> but the the one model picture it looks like her face was photoshopped onto a body. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> so Brody, who is your MVP of this movie? Oh. Oh, okay. Um so in all seriousness, I'd probably give it to yeah, Abby. But I'm actually going to duke out and give it to... Jada. I was going to say Domiziano Arcangeli. I know that Italian-ass name anywhere. That's the, that's the white-haired dude. It's Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Viserys Targaryen. Oh, but he's so cute. Don't do this to me. Uh, I am going to be perfectly honest. And say that absolutely nobody in this movie <laughs> deserves any recognition. Don't hoard it. Yeah, that's not <laughs> fair. I like forced myself to give somebody. J Day's name. J Day's name. All right. The hospital he was born gets the, the dad and mom of J Day. <laughs> for for their <laughs> contributions to et- etymology. 
as a whole. For birthing an all right person. <laughs> I'm sure he's a decent guy. <laughs> I th- I found I think it was his Twitter and no, I don't think he is a decent guy. If that, if I'm thinking correctly. I found someone's Twitter. And not not good person. So favorite quote. Which there's not a lot of good not a lot of good ones. But Shani, what's your favorite quote? I'm very sorry, but honestly, I had a very hard time listening to any of the dialogue in this movie. And I was trying very hard to think of something. And I was like, no, nothing's sticking with me. Not a single thing. <laughs> That's fair. I don't blame you. I tried really, really hard. <laughs> Brody. I fall into that category too. But I will, I will, I will just throw in a quote. But I won't say it because I don't know it. But I'll throw it in there. <laughs> It'll be when that guy said something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I liked that. <laughs> what? It, was, it was really good. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Wait, no, it wasn't. Spectacular. Spectacular bit of acting. Any, anything that uh, John said. <laughs> Did he say anything? I don't know. He just, yeah. like, mumbled his way through this entire movie. I can't hear a single thing he said in that movie, so <laughs> I'm going... I imagine it was great. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> was the were... making and breaking point. He threw in all his best lines <laughs> to the one person. But um, I did have one, actually. Uh, it made me chuckle, and it was the only line in the entire thing that stuck out at me, really. And it was when you first meet the other employees at the lab who are kind of introduced in lump instead of like one at a time, like you should introduce characters. But... Uh, Kenny shakes his hand and refu- Francis refuses to, and he says, "Oh, that's Francis. He's just angry because his parents named him Francis." And that line, like, "Oh, that made me feel something." <laughs> Hatred. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that happened. I didn't even. I don't even remember that. Like, I, like I, like I remember the scene, but I don't think I actually heard that. If you guys didn't, like, comment on the action, I would have swore you didn't even watch, like, this movie. Like, you didn't even see it. But right. you get I mean, but you, sticks. But you did. It's clear that you did. But it's it's an anomaly. What a movie. You don't understand how hard it was to watch this movie. It was, wor- like, this is probably the worst movie we've done on this podcast. I'd say it's, uh, I mean, with the exception of, like, movies like Birdemic, which I don't even know what those are. are. This I love that movie. probably the worst so. horror movie I've seen. I If it's Kate, considering Kate, itself a horror movie. Did you not watch Ice from the Sun with me? I did not, actually. Like, at all? No. Okay, well, you're going to sit down, <laughs> you're going to watch that, and you're going to be like, all right, Virus X is a little bit better than Ice from the Sun. Not by I, much. A little you know, bit I better. I know it was a recurring joke on Dead as Hell and on the Weedverse podcast, but no, never actually watched it. So, uh, not happy birthday. That's what you're getting. (laughs) Not looking forward. (laughs) Happy birthday, Virus X, today. Oh, no. (laughs) And did you just make it like a birthday sound? (laughs) He did. A birthday sound. (laughs) And so, what else do we got? Who would you recommend this to? Gotta be somewhere out there in the world that deserves to watch this. I would recommend this movie to go straight into the garbage can <laughs> and to get burnt because nobody should ever watch this. Can I rec- can- Is that okay? That's is that perfect. okay for me? All right. <laughs> Brody. That's where I should go. 
This is painful. (laughs) I recommend this movie to Ron from Resurrection Zombie 7 pile. They always comment on it. It's a shithole. Whatever. (laughs) No, you can go out there and dig it yourself. Jessica doesn't have to anymore. Oh no, what did I do? There's one person in the world that I would recommend this movie to. And that is the unfortunate soul who won it. Because you don't have a choice. <laughs> I hope they sit down and watch it. <laughs> and uh, so last and and least, <laughs> would, uh, would you give this movie a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I think I know you guys' answers. So go ahead and give it a thumbs up across the board. Okay. Okay. Oh <laughs> so Shani, okay. is so... it a, a good movie? Did you enjoy yourself? No, it's a terrible movie, but I want to say, this caught me a little bit off guard because I just didn't expect it, but Children of the Corn 5 was honestly better than this movie. (laughs) Now think about that. The first Children of the Corn movie, not that great. So imagine the fifth one. Yeah, this is definitely like a thumbs down, a nay, no thank you, don't watch this movie ever. (laughs) Thumbs way down. Way down. Okay, this is gonna be a little complicated. This you always oh, do it's no. literally a yes or no question. <laughs> I have to think about it. Oh dear. Okay, are you ready? If he says yes, I'm just gonna push him over. Hey Clairvoyant. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm braced, I'm buckled in. Okay. It is a you I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nay. <laughs> I was going to say yes. That was a yes. thumbs down. <laughs> well, it, it's a thumbs up, but it's a f- no, it's not <laughs> thumbs down. It's thumbs down. I, Two thumbs down. The, I think the worst thing about movies like this is when they have halfway decent production value. Not saying it was good production value, but like compared to some movies that it feels like you know they're student films this felt like it was shot by people who knew what they were doing but it was written directed and acted by people who had no idea there's a cameraman and he's like okay i've done this before <laughs> no way did you see some of that shaky cam okay that was, there was some a, that was terrible an editor <laughs> he's like i've done this before and he cobbled together something that like if you had on mute playing in the background of your house is somewhat watchable. But, you know, if you actually are sitting down and paying attention to this movie, it is absolute garbage. It is in the genre. It's trying to be one of the worst I've ever seen. And I, I mean, I don't know how they thought they could get away with this. Cause it feels like they're capitalizing on the H1N1 scare, but it's not scary and it's not good. And I don't think they made any money off of this. There's no way. And it firmly belongs in the bargain bin I found it. <laughs> I wish Street Science Theater would do this. <laughs> or Rift Track. I don't think they could make I don't think money. they could. It's just so boring. There'd be nothing to say. They'd be like, well, that that happened. There's... All right, next scene. Oh, there there goes that. There's an odd Mystery Science Theater movie that, like, even watching them do it, it's still not entertaining. And I think this would be one of them. Where it's like, wow, your commentary did not save this movie. And that's saying a lot, because they're hilarious. Yeah. And so that's uh, that wraps up our bonus Halloween episode that lets me resume my normal life of being a happy person who enjoys movies. <laughs> and uh, sorry to the sad sap who's getting this movie in the mail. 
More like you're welcome. Happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy a nice spooky movie. The Profanity Orchestra today did the mash. They did the monster mash. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our nightmarish Halloween special. If you want to hear more Blind Buy, follow us on Twitter at Blind Buy or Facebook.com slash Blind Buy Podcast. You can also find Bloody Brody on Twitter at Bloody Brody and Shanty Dreadful at Shanty Dreadful. Here lies season one for realsies this time. Will there be a season two? Of course there will. The movies have already been purchased and look deliciously terrible. So for updates on when it might release, check our Facebook and Twitter. See you then. Happy Halloween! (laughs) See you later.